Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you once again for your word. We thank you for the promises that it brings. And God, I pray today that as uh, we lean into more of who you are and how you live in the complexity of this world, I pray, God, that your spirit would guide and lead us to see you more clearly and more fully. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christ is risen. So before we begin our series here in kicking off uh, uh, called Messy Grace, uh, I want to talk or just give a little caveat before we begin, that today I might say something that challenges you, I may say something that offends you, and I may say something that affirms you. And I would really hope that as we lean into this series in particular, that you would offer some extra grace. Amen? Amen. That, uh, that if you have questions or concerns, my intention is not to kick you out or to push you away, but I would rather have you lean in. And the way that you can do that is you can email me. You can talk to me after church or send me a text. All of my contact information is on the announcement sheet that you received when you got in here. Because here's the thing. This stuff matters. This is important. And too often, the church has avoided talking about subjects like this. And so we here at Trinity want to lean in to them. So to do that, I want to begin with a little story. Uh, When I work from home, this is my view. Uh, This is in our family room. I can uh, see right outside of our front window, and maybe you can notice there's a sidewalk right there. And when it's nice outside, uh, a lot of people from my community and neighborhood, they're walking past me as I'm sitting there watching them. Typically with a dog, just walking, uh, walking on their way past my front yard. Now, what's interesting about it is that uh, I can clearly see them, but they cannot see me. And so uh, this last week on Monday, there was this guy who was uh, running with his dog. And that's not uncommon at all, right? He is running past my house, and as he gets to, like, right in front of me, his dog is, like, dragging him because it needs to use the restroom. It needs to go poop. (laughs) And so, literally, right in my front yard, this dog is squatting and going to the bathroom, and this guy who is running with his dog is kind of like stretching a little bit, you know, just taking it as a rest, catching his breath and everything like that. And I'm watching this go down as I'm on a Zoom call with all the other pastors at Trinity, and I'm analyzing. I wonder what he's going to do next, because he proceeds to like reach into his pocket, look around for a while, and then as soon as the dog is done, he just runs away. 
And so in this moment, I have one of two options. I either get off of this Zoom call and run outside and yell, hey, bro, you left something behind here, known as bringing the law, or do I just say, ah, well, no big deal. It's just some dog poop. I'll clean it up later, known as bringing some grace. And, and, and in that moment, as I was contemplating these things as I'm on a Zoom call with the other pastors, I was starting to think and analyze this moment right here. Because it made me wonder, like, this is how God must feel with me. In that he can see everything that is going on, and here I am pretending like I'm hiding something from God. And in these next three weeks, we're going to be leaning into this quote, which I find so beautiful and challenging from a guy named Tim Keller. He said, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved, well, that's a lot like being loved by God. And as I watched this guy just let his dog poop in my yard without picking it up, it made me wonder, is this how God feels with me? That he sees everything, but he wants me to know that I am fully known and, and truly loved. And what's interesting about this is that I think that we love this quote at a very surface level. But the reality is, is that we also are very intimidated when we are more fully known. I mean, imagine if we had the ability that when you walked in the church here today, that if I were to click to the next slide, it showed your search history on your tablets and devices at home. Anybody not come in the church today? Because we want to be known, but we want to be known on our terms. We want to be known, but we want to be the one who's sharing the narrative and the story. We want to know people, but we only want to know them to a certain level that if I ultimately find out that that is true of you, that I kind of keep my distance and I step away. And I know this to be true because I see that, that the church does this and has done this historically. There's this really uh, interesting read. It's one of the resources on, on your uh, message notes here for this morning, a book by a guy named Andrew Marin. And the book is entitled Us Versus Us. And what's fascinating in this book is that Andrew Marin is a guy who lived in the city of Chicago for, for most of his life. Uh, he spent particularly his time in Boys Town. Andrew is a... Uh, he was single at the time, he was white, uh, attracted to, to women, and he's living in a community that is LGBTQ. And, and Andrew, in his time there, would have these conversations with, with people who self-identified in this LGBTQ community. And what he was finding out that as he was having these conversations is he discovered that many of the people that he was talking to who were a part of this community said that they went to church at one point in time. That faith was a huge part of their life growing up. 
And so Andrew had this thought of like, is this just true of Boys Town in Chicago or is this true of the larger whole around the nation? So he did this research project that turned into a book. It's called Us Versus Us. And in that, he went and surveyed 1,700 people who self-identified as LGBTQ. And in that research, asking a bunch of different questions, one of the results that he came to was this. His research found that 86% of people who identify as LGBTQ were raised in a faith community from the ages of 0 to 18. 86%. See, a lot of times we think about uh, LGBTQ and issues like that, and we think about that as something outside of the church, that that's only in areas that I would never go. But what Andrew was discovering is that this is inside of our community. And, And you might say, okay, well, here's where I think he's wrong. Like, it says raised in. Did that mean that they just kind of, maybe their grandparents went to church? No, he had a question in there that said, to be raised in a faith community meant that you were committed to a church that you would go at least once a week. These are people that Andrew was discovering, that as they were being more known, they were kicked And I pray that that breaks your heart. I pray that that would break our heart as a community of people. Because this is what we're talking about in this series, Messy Grace. Because sexuality is a tough topic to talk about. We get weird, especially in the church, when we start talking about these things. Because we love putting people into boxes and identities and spectrums. But the reality is, is that you are more than that. Amen? You are more than just a box that is checked off or a spectrum that is given. And and honestly, our church here, we want to wrestle with this complexity. We want to wrestle with what does this mean? And I also want to be honest with you of where we stand or where I stand as the pastor of this community. See, what I believe is that the Bible cautions or even instructs the danger of homosexual relationships. That a biblical definition of marriage is between a man and a woman. But I also want you to hear that the Bible cautions against adultery and greed and stealing. And I also want you to know, too, that the Bible instructs you to love your neighbor. And so what it does is it holds these tensions in play. Now, you are already maybe thinking, well, is the pastor saying that if I'm gay, then I'm automatically going to hell? No, that's not what I'm saying. That would like be saying you have to be straight to go to heaven. That's not the requirement to be a part of the kingdom of God. See, to be a part of the kingdom of God is more of a question of are you trying to be your own savior? Are you thinking that you are the one that knows better than God? And when you do that, that puts you on a dangerous path. 
So you may be already coming in and saying like, oh boy, what is this series actually about? Well, I want to be very, very clear that Christians do have a responsibility to speak God's truth to the world around us on important issues like sexuality, abortion, poverty, and justice. But this is not what this series is about. Instead, what this series is, is that Christians have a responsibility to care for individual people and help them know Jesus and his grace. And I think that we as a community of people inside of the church have a lot to repent of. We have a lot that we've done for a generation of people that has said that you are beyond the grace and love of God. And so, I want to advocate that in a world predicated on the belief that love demands agreement, what if we could be a place that advocates to the lost art of loving and disagreement? And what do I mean by that? Well, let's look at the words of Jesus because we see that Jesus is one who leans in on these complexities of this world. I want to give you three points today that really point to who Jesus is and how he lived in the complexity of this world. They all come from John chapter 1, verse 14 through 18. Notice these words that we read here. It said, and the word being Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. That word there, dwelt, is a really interesting word. In the original language, it has this uh, understanding of that God tabernacled with us. What John is doing, if you remember from last week, he's writing this masterpiece. And in this, in these first opening words, he's saying that the God who, who built or instructed his people to build a tabernacle in the Old Testament, now he's like leveled up. He's taken on flesh. He's, as one translator said, moved into the neighborhood. This is who our God is. And what we believe is that Jesus is one who's come into this world. And he even goes more into that in the fact that Paul would describe it as that our bodies are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. That God is living inside of us. So God is a God, Jesus is a God who took on flesh and came into this world. You're saying, what in the world does this have to do with sexuality? Well, here, human beings have a special place in God's creation. We are image bearers. Jesus did not come as a bear, a bird, or a beetle. He came as a human being, and what that means is this, the first thing, that every person is created in the image of God and therefore is a bearer of God's image, that all people deserve love and respect, no matter your race, no matter your class, no matter your age, and no matter your sexuality. All people are image bearers of God. And as a follower of Jesus, you don't have a right to hate. You don't. 
You're not following Jesus then. You don't have a right to hate. Which leads to the second thing here that we see in John 1.14. It says, glory as of the only son from the father who was full of grace and truth. This is beautiful. I love John's words here. He says that, that Jesus is one who holds on to this tension of grace and truth. That he holds on to these two things at once. Notice that John does not say that he is full of truth and more truth. But instead that our God is a God who, who displays what healthy relationships look like. I mean, this is what we want as human beings. When we see healthy relationships, we see this tension of grace and truth being held together. So back to the guy whose dog pooped in my yard, right? Too much truth to that guy pushes away relationship. When that guy comes around the block again and I see him and I'm out there with that dog poop that I've been holding on to, I am not holding on to it, all right? Like, too much truth there destroys relationship. But too much grace, too much grace or just saying, well, it's not that big of a deal, I'll just continue to take care of it, it, it becomes an excuse to avoid tough questions or hard subjects. Notice how this happens in our world, that we're so quick to just offer grace, but we're not willing to lean in. We're not willing to ask the next question. And what, what John is saying, who our God is, is that he holds this tension. It's not too much of one thing. But he keeps these things in balance. And let me tell you that following Jesus will lead you to grace. Following Jesus will lead you to know that you are forgiven beyond what you can imagine. But also following Jesus will confront you with truths that can be hard to hear. And I'll say amen to that. Because following him will bring us into tough places in how we love other people. And what I fear inside of our culture that is happening is that we've created forums and chambers where we just hear what we want to hear. Do you see how damaging that becomes and how easy it can be that you think that you are your own God? That's dangerous. So, what this means is this, the second point that Jesus is, of who Jesus is and how he lives in this complexity of this world is this, that God desires a relationship with every person. Holding on to this balance of grace and truth, regardless to who you are sexually attracted to, regardless to what you did last night or last week or planning on later on this week, Jesus wants to speak grace to the broken and truth to the self-righteous. This is who our God is, is that he holds on to these balances and, these, and this tension. But this leads us to the last point here in John 1, 16, talking about who Jesus is. 
For from him, or for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Uh, Martin Luther, when reflecting on this passage, he said this. I think it's a beautiful statement here. He says that Christ is an endless well, the chief source of all grace, truth, wisdom, and life, and without limit, without measure or end. What we read about in who Jesus is is that we know that he is a God who brings grace upon grace, and all we have to do is look to the ultimate sacrifice that he has given for us. That he came into this world and he lived the perfect life, but he went to the cross for you, for me. And as I was reflecting on like, what if God was in my seat on Monday morning in that Zoom call noticing that guy whose dog is pooping in my yard? How does God respond in that moment? And the more I was thinking about it, I can see our God being one who runs outside with a bag in his hand and is ready to scoop that thing up, but have that conversation with that guy of like, come on, what you're doing is not cool because somebody might step in that. See, it's this balance and this holding things in tension. And lastly, what we see here is this, that no one is beyond the grasp of grace. And what's important for us to see is that that we need to acknowledge for grace to be in our lives, that means that we have to acknowledge that we have fault. That we're not God. That we don't know everything. That we're not present everywhere. That we don't have all of the solutions to all of the problems. But it means that we're willing to acknowledge that I am in need of grace. Uh, Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 2 verse 4. He says this. Do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. What God's grace is meant to do is lead you to a place of where you turn around and you look back to God. That as we go the wrong ways, that we ultimately turn back around and look to our God. So what does this mean? Well, As Keller said, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. God's not fooled. He's not surprised. He sees you. He sees all of you, and he is full of grace and of truth. So, what do you need to hear today? Do you need to hear some truth? Do you need to hear this truth, that your sexuality matters? It's not something that you just 
get to do flippantly, but it matters to who you are? Do you need to hear that while you are casting judgment and kicking out people because they're attracted to the same gender, but you're looking at porn on your phone? Do you see the hypocrisy of that? Do you need to hear that today? Do you need to hear that God wants you to know that you are loved and that he has a plan for you and that that matters in how and and what relationships you have? Do you need to hear that truth? Or do you need to hear some grace today? Do you need to hear today that God can love me and I'm still attracted to the same sex? Yes, you are loved by our God. Do you need to hear that God can love me even though I am hypocritical and I hate that about myself? Yes, grace is for you. Can God love me when I'm struggling with my faith and sexuality and how those things work together? Absolutely. And we as a community of people want to lean in inside of that complexity. Amen? It's who we are. As we hold on to this balance of grace and truth, because my hope as a community and as individuals inside of this community that we would keep leaning into God's word what he says about himself, what he says about you, and what he says about your neighbor. And the purpose of doing that is that we want to orient you back to Jesus because he's the one who rose from the dead. He's the one who's going to make all things new again. Nobody else can do that. That's only something that Jesus can do. And that's what we will keep pointing back to. Now, it does beg a question, though, here. Is it a sin to be gay? And to answer that question, you got to come back next week. (laughs) Because we're going to be leaning in more to what it means to be living in this messy grace. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are, a God who holds together these these huge things. You are the embodiment of grace and truth. And so Lord, I pray that, that as we learn more about who you are, how you live in this world, and how you acted in the complexity of this world, you, it, it drew people who were, religious, who were religious and knew the law forwards and backwards. People followed you. And it also drew people who those religious people never imagined would follow you. I pray, God, that the church, as a community of people, would look weird to the world. Because we so often are divided around issues like this, we attach identities. I pray, God, that we as people would be able to lean into the complexity. But as we do so, look to you, God. Help us to, 
to live that out, not just for ourselves of grace and truth, but, but for those that you put in front of us as well. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. During this message series, we're going to have... Uh, we, we're going to have a time every, every time after the message to just reflect on a question. Uh, this is what it means to be here in church, is that, that we have time of, of prayer. And I, I want you to take this time seriously. Uh, if, if you need to, need to write something down on your message notes that you just, just want to lean into as you answer this question, if you need to talk to somebody or, or just... Let somebody into your world on this. May this be a time where, where you can sit and process and think and bring this to our God. But I want to encourage you that this is certainly something that we can do firsthand to our God, but is also something that, that we are called to do as a community as well. And so I would encourage you that if something is standing out that you really need to lean into to tell myself, or, or somebody here at this community, and we would love to point you in some helpful directions. Not saying that we have all the answers, but willing to walk with. So the question I'd love for you to reflect on is this for today. God, I know with you that I am fully known and truly loved. Show me where I need to lean in to truth and grace. Give you some time.